We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Hear my true stories. Yes, uh, our dear listener, thank you, but thank you, thank you so much for joining us again on this wonderful podcast. It is be your host Otako. Yes, with our guest, we continue our conversation from our previous conversation. We want to go deep into understanding how is the issue of human trafficking in Uganda or in East Africa. What makes it to be so much increasing every day and then? So, our dear guest, maybe can you maybe introduce yourself again for our dear listeners to get to know who you. Who you are, who is behind the computer, who is behind the the microphone? Oh, thank you so much. Once again, my name is Nagire Joanita Joshira. I'm a survivor of human trafficking. I'm an activist against human trafficking. I'm an artist, uh, mostly a filmmaker. Yeah. I love a just society. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this wonderful introduction of you. I, I mean, uh, you talked about uh, these companies that take Ugandans and they lie them about getting good green pasture, I mean, good jobs, and then they end up being victims of human trafficking. So I, I wanted to ask you something. Yes. You, you are free to, to talk about or not to talk about it. When you were in Kenya, were you only with Ugandan girls yes. or were you also with other Kenyan or other East African girls? When I was in Kenya, uh, most of the actually we were all Ugandans. Mm. Just from different regions of Uganda, but we were all Ugandans. But then when I reached Oman, mm. we, we were in a very, very big hall with people from different parts of the world different continents and we were many all of us were girls and i remember meeting this 15 year old ugandan girl uh her name is zaitun i don't fear saying her name because uh, there are so many zaituns no one they people cannot trace her down but her name is zaitun true name real name uh Zaitun was 15 years old. Actually, you, can, you could even see that she was 15 years old. 
we asked her, me and the person I traveled, the people I traveled with, we asked her, what are you doing here? You look young. Because when we reached Oman, they took, they took our passports and then they took us to a certain place that they call they called an office, our office, where we best from. Mm. And then this office had a signpost, housemaid shop. I was like, mm. okay. So this office in quotes is a shop where people mm. come and buy housemaids. I was like, oh my God, this is serious. It was, it was. This is very. I mean. It had uh, yes. a name, housemaid shop. Housemaid shop. And can you maybe draw a picture for, for maybe for the listeners to know what exactly how this shop is? How people? How do they? I mean, what happens when people are brought there? What happened? In, what happened in this shop was mm. that during day they could they they had a, an upper room where. We could uh, go upstairs, but in this room, there was a big window. This very big window, uh, we could sit on those win- <laughs> by those windows near so that you can be seen, so that the client outside can see the kind of housemates they are having in the shop. A Filipino uh, uh someone from nigeria uganda india bangladesh all of us put on displayed on that window for people to see and make a choice oh my god this is a- just like you can go for window shopping that is the same thing that that was happening in that shop unfortunately mm. Yes. It's really upset. so, upsetting, yeah. Yeah. So so when we found this girl, we were so concerned. We were like, mm. how can a young girl like this go through this torture? It was psychologically torturing because, you know, you realize that you have been brought in another country for sale. Mm. That means whoever who is coming for you, they are buying you. This is mm. why they always take the passports. So these people, mm. they normally buy us for two years. Okay. They buy you for two years. So this young girl told us a story that her father, her mm. biological father, mm. went to the internal affairs and claimed this girl was 19 years and she was offered a passport. <clears throat> and therefore, she was allowed to travel because mm. she's now an adult since she's 18 and above. But in real sense, she was a 15-year-old. in senior. She, she was in senior two and that's how she was uh, gotten out of school processed everything and was taken to 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 work and the idea was like her father was told that muslims are not treated badly when it, when they go to those countries because those countries are muslim countries 
And then she was given a task to work hard so that she can pay for her siblings' school fees. You can imagine how parents are shifting their responsibility to their daughters just because there is this thing called working as a housemaid. Then you come back and build. Actually, she was told she's going to build her own house. She's going to get her own land. She will pay school fees for her siblings. But then you ask yourself, how much is this person going to be earning that is going to pay for all this? This girl was taken the next day. And after two days, she was brought back because the work was too much for her. Remember, she's a 15-year-old. And then the 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 boss had beaten her because the boss feel, feels like this girl cannot do her work well. Mm. They have rights to beat. They have rights to do anything because they are still operating under the kafala law system. Yeah, yeah. I know about the kafala law system. We had an activist yes. on this same podcast. She talked about the kafala system that is more in the United exactly. Arab Emirates. Yeah. Now, because they are still operating under the kafala law system, they have a right to do a lot. You know, one day I was challenging people. I was challenging some parents who were like, but my daughter sends me some money. I asked them, have you have you ever had an Arab being put to law or put to order because they have killed someone's daughter in their country? They were like, no. I told them then, accept the fact that your daughters are just bought as commodities. Actually, it, it is a term used by these by the people who work as housemaids. They they say it in our language. They they tell you, um munange nagenda mwene nyumba na ebosi yali agenda kutambula ngagenda mu America na ntunda. Then kati wali wono bose yangula. You hear that that like people are even aware that they are bought and sold bought and I mean, sold I mean like someone buys a house made from East Africa or Africa or the Philippines when they are done they are tired exactly. of this person as long as they have their two years with this person yes. they can sell the same mm-hmm. human being to another Arab person who can Exactly thank you so much I mean this is really upsetting that we are in this modern life where the world is really operating in a very modern way and slavery continues for the people yes. from the global south and they are taken to these so-called Arab countries, United Arab Emirates, you know, Oman. I mean, for me, I talk about them. I don't fear about that because there is human trafficking happening. Yes, and Oman, Saudi Arabia, Arabia uh, no. Jordan, Jordan. Uh, Qatar, Qatar was also among mm. on the list, but then when they were taking World Cup, Qatar was forced to observe human rights, and Qatar was the first uh, Arab country to to cancel the kafala system. Okay, then. So now the the people working in Qatar are no longer under the kafala law system. But the rest of the Arab countries, they are still under the kafala law system. And this is why our people's internal organs can be harvested without anyone being put to, to like, 
without anyone being told questioned. or brought to law or questioned as to why this person's organs were harvested without their knowledge, without any reason. It's known that they, they were dead or something. Recently, there was a very, very annoying uh, story that mm. came up that uh, a certain girl had, they, they told the family that the girl had died mm. in an accident. And then they had contacted the Ministry of Health and through the Ministry of Health, they wanted the family to mm. to get compensation from the Arabs who had who were uh, where where the girl was working from, and they claimed that after she had died, they harvested her kidneys. So they were like they didn't want the family <clears throat> to to have to bury their daughter uh, without. Uh, having anything yet they harvested the kidneys so they wanted this this family to be given some money mm. because their daughter's kidneys were harvested oh my god it was i was like now why why would even the ministry of health listen i mean the ministry of health from uganda like that? yes why did they even give an ear to such? I am sorry for saying this word. It's not really good to say, but it was such total nonsense. As a person, mm. I I could just get these people and have them accountable mm. for harvesting someone's. How sure am I that this girl had died in an accident? Of then course, were of course they, they don't have communication with parents apart from the officers that take them. And those are traffickers, you know, they use agents. And those agents are the yes. traffickers. And then they are the traffickers who have offices and uh, recruiting of uh, companies in Uganda that also run by mm-hmm. people in the system, within the government system yes. of Uganda. The big yes. people in big offices. Without fear. Yes, without fear, I can say it right that most of these people operating these companies are people in big positions in government. This is very sad. The people we could run to are the people operating the companies. Mm. So what we resorted to is advocacy and telling the world about Mm. what is really happening. Because many people have run to police and police has arrested many people. And there are so many cases in court that people in high places are trying to suffocate. Cases where human life was lost. Mm. And now because this person who is, in, who is in for it is their person or they know them or is the, from their party, they don't want this person to to pay for the consequences. They want this person to go free. They want this person to be given a very lenient judgment. Mm. You understand? This is why, this is what is forcing us to speak. Me, I don't fear speaking about the truths behind trafficking because it is the truth. If anyone has another truth, they can come out and challenge me. But as far as I know, Mm. Any, many people who are speaking, 
can never be experts of an experience of trafficking mm. that I than I the survivor yeah. you know yes because I lived I saw I experienced I did everything in this thing called trafficking I was in the middle yeah. of the circle of trafficking i experienced it i know the pain i know the grief i know the after effects i know the effects i know the before effects so people normally come up to silence our voices telling us that we are speaking because we are paid mm. as a person i speak because i asked god for a second chance and god gave it to me yeah i had seven hours fainted mm. not knowing what is happening in the world so mm. i know what i'm saying and before i fainted i know the amount of pain that i went through even when i came back even up to now i know the kind of pain that i go through that i cannot explain to anyone that i'm going through such and such a pain So it is very sad and I normally feel like crying so loud when I hear people saying that most of us who speak we speak because we are paid so we want to suppress their business but what kind of business are you doing that has evidence of people who have died mm-hmm. like seriously yeah are we human anymore Make sure to leave a review. This makes our day and fuels future episodes. Hear my true story. It's really upsetting. I don't know, but um, for our dear listeners who don't know, um, we in Uganda there's a lot of uh, issues with human trafficking. I think it's not just in Uganda, but it's all over East Africa and Africa. And so uh, you talked about surviving. Yeah. So I want to ask, maybe there's a listener who wants to know, how did you as an individual manage to escape the traps of the traffickers who were holding you in Oman? How did you manage to find yourself back home? Uh, like I introduced myself, I'm an artist. And when I was in this home, uh, there was an English teacher who I could write stories for. When I was going through this whole pain, I really didn't have medication. So I thought the only way to, to communicate this proper was writing. So I wrote down something telling this lady about a friend of mine who is going through a certain situation after reading the story she came and told me because at the end of the story i was asking for advice whoever can give advice to this my friend and then she told me that friend of yours needs to go home immediately this lady also was an arab But again, for her, she had a background in Africa. Uh, her, her mother was African. Uh, she was not the woman of the house, but uh, she could come because she was a co-wife to my boss. And uh, she told me, you need to help your friend go home because otherwise she might die. Mm. 
she opened up to me and she told me there are so many things that happen to people who come to work in our country. Uh, they get diseases that we can't explain. They they face a lot. So before that person get uh, loses their life, let them go home. Let them find a way. If it's paying the the boss back their money, let them pay. Actually, that's another aspect that happens to the trafficked people. If you are badly off and you want to come back home, what the traffickers do, they tell you to pay the amount of money they put, they say they put in you to bring you to their home, then they let you go. In most cases, they charge between one uh, one one thousand five hundred and four thousand dollars. Your people have to buy you back. You understand? Hello. Mm, I understand that. Yes, your people have to buy you back. So you mm. either bought back mm. or die or use tricks to go to go away from that house or you escape. Mm. So for me, I used I used my art. Then after some time, I approached this lady when she had come to visit, and I told her that that person is me. And she was so surprised because we look. You can find someone, and they are looking like they are healthy, mm. but every night they survive on painkillers. Mm. Every day. Every hour, they are surviving on painkillers. I have a friend of mine who used to survive on morphine as mm. she was working in in Oman also. She could survive on morphine. Without morphine, her life would be gone. Mm. She could go through a lot of pain. So when I t- she was actually speechless, she didn't know that this was happening within her family. She didn't know that this actually was just on like near her nose. Mm. <laughs> but she told me I can't do anything because this is my family and you're not my worker. If you were my worker, maybe I would let you go. So uh, it so happened that one day I got this one of these attacks that came, used to come and attack me. I lose breath. I get pain. I feel like I'm carrying something on my back, like a heavy stone. Then I was cleaning and I fell down and she found me. I wasn't breathing well. And uh, uh, after they had given me like they pulled me away, took me to the room because I wasn't really feeling good. I had pain everywhere. So she she went and told her husband, you know what? You need to let this girl go. Because mm. I had told the husband that I was not really fine. I was feeling very sick. I need to go home. But he... He was telling me that, you know, the contract is not yet done. You can't go right now uh, because I can't bring another maid. I can't pay for another maid. The contract is still so on. Uh, Then uh, the, the, the lady managed to convince her. That's how that's how I escaped. So I was told to pay for my ticket 
They yeah. refused to pay for my ticket. I did. I paid for my ticket. And I came back home. That's how I managed to come back home. Generally, your storytelling and writing made you survive. Yes. By sharing your stories. That's so yes. nice to hear you. And of course, you're still using storytelling to share stories within Ugandan schools and also within communities yes. to change people's lives, also to make them to be aware that, oh, hell, human trafficking is happening. It's just in the neighborhood with someone that you know. So that comes another question I want to ask you. What advice would you give to yeah. someone listening to the podcast or listening to this conversation? I mean, to avoid becoming a victim or to know someone that is maybe a victim and how can they help them? Uh, first of all, I would uh, talk about those who are already victims. If you're a victim out there, we have social media. If you're lucky that they can still let you have your phone because some people are not allowed to have phones, uh, please don't keep quiet. Don't feel... Uh, don't feel like you're going to look awkward by sharing the fact that you're not fine in that house. You are tortured. Share. Talk to someone so that you can be rescued. Those who know people in this situation, please don't ignore. Reach out. They need help. Some of them are working in people's houses, but they are sex pets in those houses. I have met girls who were working in homes with seven boys plus their father, but this is this, they use her as a sexual tool. After the father, the first son comes, after the first son, the second son, up to the seventh son. Using, sexually abusing the same person every day. Many of these girls have lost their minds. Don't laugh at them. There is a, something that is done in my country also by some people. Making it fun, like talking about it, you know, uh, making fun about it, how someone is uh, kadama. Kadama means housemaid. In, uh, in, that's how they refer to us mostly. Those in Saudi Arabia mostly called Kadama, Oman, they mostly call us Shagara. So don't make fun of that. Rather, help that person. There are so many red flags we clearly see, but we ignore. Some of these people are on TikTok. You find someone today, they are speaking straightforward tomorrow. They are speaking as if they are mad, as if they have lost their mind. There are so many people who have no minds are on, and they are on TikTok making videos of themselves in these houses working. But when you look closely, when you analyze the video, you realize that this person needs help. They are dying slowly. They yeah. are dying inside. So if you get to find such a person, please help. If you find someone who is processing, please stop them in any way. Find a way of stopping them. They, you are the first 
activist. Everyone is an activist against human trafficking, as well mm. as everyone <clears throat> is a trafficker, if you're not careful. So please, when you find such a person, don't keep quiet. If you're fearful because it's it's involving powerful people, reach out to people who are into this advocacy. Mm. I fearlessly face these traffickers because, I mean, I know what what will happen to this person? I know what is yet to happen to this person. And sadly, we have these houses harboring people who are going to be trafficked every day. They harbor thousands of girls, and government is very okay with them. Some of them are even near police stations. They bring in and out girls each and every day, some of them being taken to the airport under the course of we are a registered company. Mm. The truth is, there is nothing like a registered company. They don't have any powers. Their powers end at Entebbe Airport. Beyond Entebbe Airport, it is those Arabs who are having rights on our lives. They have a right to 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 determine my lifespan. They can end it any time, and no one will have anything to do about it. Mm. Yes, that's that's true. Yeah, your hard listeners. We cannot continue beyond now. And for that reason, I'd like to say, join us in the next episode of this same conversation. I'd like to say bye for now. With you every week, hear my true story. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true story. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.